Okay, Unleashed Plus. You know, Tom, I like doing this way better than spending 80 hours a week in a, in an office. And, uh, you know, it was, it was tough because I loved, you know, I was hired to do the music at the church and honestly it played right into my performance stuff. You know, how do I sound? How do I look? Am I playing? You know, uh, it was the thing that I loved the most was, Hey, can I get a men's ministry going here? And the guys would come over to the house. We do a fire, we do burgers, or we go on those trips like the horseback riding or fishing or whatever it was. Um, yeah. Those are my best best memories by far. Well, you're 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 good at it. You're, you really are, and I, I'm not trying to feed into anything, um, but I think all of that that you did with music and it, it was a doorway. It was a doorway to what you're yeah. doing now. So. Yep. Yeah, and so. man, like you were talking about when you were throwing through a wall when you were young, and now you can kind of look at some of those things and see how you were being prepared to become the man that you are now. Oh, that's pretty man. That's a big statement. I, I, I had a mentor, and one of the healing moments, I was telling him about that time in my life, and he said, can you go back, find that 14-year-old boy and put your arms around him as a 50-year-old man and let him know that you're going to be okay? And so often some of the, the, um, the lack of healing is because we tried to li live this jointed from those broken parts of our of our past you know i i never wanted to accept that i was that vulnerable as a person i was that vulnerable as a human being that i i had no response for, for this so i i developed this whole arsenal of behavior, of attitude. You never have to feel like that 14-year-old boy again. And that mentor saying, go back and reconcile so you're whole. So you, you, can, you can tell that part of you, we're going to make it. We're going to be okay. We're going to be good. That was huge for me. How much do you think huge. all that stuff, like you go back to the 14-year-old boy, how much do you think that that moment specifically, and I'm sure there's lots of other kind of things, but especially that moment played into you as you're growing up and, and you know, stronger and bigger and all these, you know, more dangerous. Every Like we said, every little boy wants to know he's someone to be reckoned with, right? But when it can be taken to an extreme like that, how much was that? the older Thomas, he's growing 25, 40, you know, whatever, saying, I will never allow that to happen to you again. You, you know, Brent, uh, and maybe this is something that you and I have never, never spoken about. There was a, there was a point in my life where I was an explosively angry, almost violent person. And, and I realized when I look back, it wasn't 
overcompensation to to hide what I believe is more of a natural part of me, which is to be caring, is to be gentle, to be you know welcoming, and and so the pendulum swung for many years to the far side, if you will, because. I never wanted to feel like I didn't have a response. My stepdad was the first person that I ever vowed that I would kill. Uh, how he, how he made me feel, how he intimidated me, uh, how everything as I got bigger, stronger, martial arts, shooting, everything was about having a response to this man. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and one day I'm like, for what? <laughs> You know, uh, but, but it took, it took some time and, and there's still a little healing that needs to take place where that's concerned. I had some stuff come out the other night. Um, Stacy and I were sitting in this little music room and, you know, one of the things that we had talked about on the podcast, which we actually um, had just been released, you know, I, she bought me a piano when she found out my story because, you know, my experience and you were there for a lot of that stuff with that. I, I, I vowed I would never, um, ever do that again. Um, I would never get up and make myself vulnerable. I didn't want to do that. Um, where did I feel safe with my band of brothers? You know, it's someone that says, Hey, you know what? You made a mistake, but we all make mistakes and we're going to walk through this together. And that is why I do what I do today. And, and I was processing with, with, um, Stacy the other night and I was sitting in this room and some stuff came out of my mouth that I had buried. I always say, if you bury it, you carry it. And that I didn't even realize. I just didn't want to touch it because of shame, you know, connected. And, you know, for some of you people that don't, most of you probably know if you've listened to the podcast, but I got into an emotional relationship with someone outside of my marriage. And like I've said before, it wasn't a sexual relationship. It doesn't matter. My heart had been going somewhere else. And so the shame that I felt, you know, through that, because I'm like going, man, I, I wanted to be a good man. I wanted to be a godly man. I wanted to be a strong man. I wanted to be a leader, all these things. And when those things happen, um, you know, you're, 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 you're crushed by it. You're humbled by it. And what the enemy does is he, instead of condemnation, not condemnation, instead of conviction, he wants condemnation. He wants shame, you know, to be a part of um, that because I don't ever want you to go out and start doing ministry. They'll let yep. people know that you are free. Yep. And I loved putting it in his face. It took me a while to be able to get back on my feet again. Sure. But like we said, I wouldn't trade any of that. But like you said, there's still some healing sometimes you have to walk back into. And the beautiful thing is God is patient and he knows when you are ready, you know, heart, you know, the mind and the heart, all these things to when you were, Theology can connect with your reality. That's when he moves in because right. all of a sudden now those two things, he goes, now you understand. Now we're going to walk into that healing. And that's been one of the best things, even just, it was about a week ago. I, I went through some of these things 
And I don't know that there's much else really to unpack with that stuff from, from 17, 18, whatever it was years ago. But it was God's timing when I needed to unpack what I unpacked to finally be able to sit back and go, glad yeah. I got that out of the way. <laughs> I, I know people that have been following your content and what you're doing for a while, they probably know this. Uh, I'm working with some guys at our church. Uh, we got a group called the Agoki <laughs> uh, that we're, we're doing men's ministry with. And one of the things that we talk about a lot is shame versus guilt. And there, there's a place, I, I do believe, there's a place for acknowledging that you've done something wrong. Yep. Right? There, there's a place for that. There's a place for that. And that's guilt, right? That's guilt. I, I've done something wrong. I'm guilty. I'm guilty, right? But when I am something wrong, shame. And that's where the enemy gets guys stuck between, no, I'm guilty. I, I did that. I, I, I have to take ownership for that, right? Yep. Versus, uh, I am the mistake. Yes. Yep. Right? There's the difference. There's the difference, right? And so, it, it's... It's, it's work, and, and we're seeing some guys, the light bulbs are starting to go off, and they're going, wait a minute, I've done something wrong. I can work with that. When you are the mistake, how do you fix that? Right. And I love walking into Romans 7 with these guys. You know, when Paul, kind of the abbreviated version, he says, you know, I do the things I don't want to do. And then he goes on to say, but it's not really me doing it. What's he talking about? I am guilty. I did do these things. But when he says it's not really me doing it, because he understands that his one core identity is Christ in me, not my flesh, not where my thoughts are, because you got the body and you got the soul. That's your, again, your flesh and your, and your thoughts, your actions, your, you know, all that stuff. But the core of who he is, he understood. And so he says, I do, I did do these, do these things, but it doesn't identify me because the real me, the real me, Ephesians chapter one, you know, the moment that we truly believe God put his promised Holy Spirit inside of us, guaranteeing our inheritance into the kingdom of heaven. It's a stamp. It's a seal that you are mine and his righteousness is who we are. Mm. And the beautiful thing about that is the more we understand and walk in that my righteousness is because of Christ and that he identifies me with that. Mm-hmm. the less I am tempted, the less I want to act out. Because like we say, like the very end of that thing, I'm glad to have served beside the king. There's this identity that we have that I'm his no matter what. I was, you know, I, I was in the hospital last week. I had a BP thing going on. It was a stress-related thing. And they gave me some Valium because I was, I was dehydrated. They were giving me some stuff to see if it would bring my blood pressure down. Right. And it did. And they said, okay, you're definitely, you're, you're struggling with a little bit of some stress. Are we want you to do these things and blah, blah, blah. And then the doctor says, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna give you like a prescription for 10, I don't even know, maybe Xannies or whatever they were. I've never taken one in my life. Right. And he said, but I'm going to give it to you. He said, but I'm guessing you're probably not going to use it, and here's why. Because just knowing that you have it if you needed it will probably be enough to bring that stress level down. And that's the beautiful thing. When I know that I have Christ in me, no matter what happens in my life, I don't have to go down that path of shame and condemnation. I am guilty 
and there's forgiveness that Christ already took to the cross for me. And so my worth and value has nothing to do with what people think about me or, or my performance. It has everything to do with Christ is in me. And that is crazy, crazy good. I love this. I love the story in the Old Testament. Uh, King David is, is, is now in his rightful position. And he's asking, is there anybody left in Saul's house that I can show goodness to because of Jonathan? And this servant says, well, yeah, there's a son. And then he describes him according to his affliction. Yeah, but he's lame in his feet. And David says, go get him. And this guy comes in. And if you if you read the story, uh, Samuel, uh, David says, I'm returning all the land of his grandfather back to him. Servant, you and your people work the land for him. But he is going to eat at my table always. Man, the enemy will try to name you according to your affliction. He's lame in his feet. But David, being a type of redeemer, he says, no, I'm going to see them where sons belong. And, and I think that that's a powerful for us to grab a hold of is, yeah, the enemy will, will try to name me according to my mistakes. The world will try to name me according to my mistakes. People will try to name me according to my mistakes. But the king says, sit at my table as a son. And that's what I try to encourage men to do. It's it's like the prodigal's, oh, sorry. No, we're good. It's like the prodigal's son. Um, and we always think about it being the story about him, you know, coming home and, you know, the father, you know, get the ring, kill the cow, all this, you know, stuff. And and then you think about, you know, the the older brother who did everything right. Yeah. And the story is really about the father because it didn't matter how you kept all the rules or whether you did the opposite. It was because they were both invited to the party. I know. It's all about the dad, right? Yeah, there we go. Why didn't we do this in the main episode? There you go. Yeah, that's good stuff. Well, man, I know it. I, we got we to gotta cut this thing off here. I just, I'm sitting there going, okay, let's go to dinner. Hey, what are you doing tonight, man? <laughs> it's been too long. It's been too long. You're doing good stuff. Yeah, I'm uh, loving keep it. Up the, keep up the fight. Yeah. Uh, it's changing lives. Uh, I'm proud of you. Glad that we're friends and I get to do it with you in the world. Yeah, well, hopefully one of these times we can we can do something together. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. All right, my brother. Love you, man. I'm honored. I'm honored. I love you, too. We'll talk soon. Strength and honor. Strength and honor. <laughs> love you, man.